Hi friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Basically Basic. I'm Amanda, and my other half, Cami, is currently out sick today, which is why I'm doing this intro solo, but thankfully, she is not sick for this whole episode, which was previously recorded, so we're super thankful for that, because this could get super awkward if I was the only one in this podcast. It's a little bit uncomfortable right now without my other half here, just going to be honest. But we are super excited about this week's guest, our dear, dear friend, Mateo. It's, he's our first guy on the show, which we will talk about that. We're super excited to have him whenever he, well, we also talk about this, but he, I think, was one of the first people who encouraged us to start Basically Basic. And he'll get to dive into that whole story and tell you guys how our friendship blossomed. He met Cami first, and then I became a friend after that through missions that we had been on. So I'm just so excited. I could just do an entire recap right now of how excited I am about it, but I'll let you guys listen. So we're so excited for that. But a few things I wanted to touch base on. This is your last opportunity um, to be entered for a chance to win a $100 gift card to Royal and Reese when you become a patron on Patreon. So what Patreon is, is it's basically um, a platform for you to give to us financially, whether it's $5, $10, whatever you feel um, like giving. And that's so we can do some big dreams and big goals that we feel God is leading us to through Basically Basic. So um, Kate, our really dear friend from Royal and Reese, is the co-owner of Royal and Reese, and she has so generously decided to give, well, to to give people a chance to win the $100 gift card when you become a patron in the month of January. So this is your last couple of days to do that. The link is patreon.com slash basically basic podcast. The second thing I want to hit on is a conference called Therefore, and it's a conference here in DFW for teen girls. And Cammie has actually led worship there a few years ago, and I attended because my husband got to play with her. But Cammie and I will be hanging out there February 15th and 16th, and we would love to see and meet anyone who listens to the podcast. And we're super excited to just go and hang out and meet all the girls. And we know that God is going to move in really big ways that weekend. And so we really encourage you to buy tickets. You can find all the info um, at our Instagram, instagram.com slash podcast. And we've listed all the info there of how you can sign up. It links back to the Therefore Instagram where you can buy tickets. So if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. But it's February 15th and 16th here in DFW, Therefore Conference. If you're a teenage girl or know of a teenage girl that you think would really benefit from this, we really cannot say enough great things about it. And we are just super expectant for what God's going to do there. So without further ado... I want to introduce you guys to our dear friend, Mateo. He was our number one man fan, as he calls himself. And so we're so excited to have him on this week's episode. We dive into all the things that he is just so, so anointed in. And one of his really big giftings is a heart for missions. And he just kind of dives in and talks about what that looks like and how you really don't have to go across the world to Africa or to other countries or wherever it may be, that you can truly be a missionary exactly where you are, where God has you in your workplace, in your home, whatever role that you're in is a chance to be a missionary. So we're just so excited and cannot wait for you guys to hear this episode. So without further ado, here's our episode with Mateo. Hey guys, it's Cammie. And it's Amanda. And we're basically basic. 
if you heard a lower octave in that basically basic, it's because, guys, we actually invited a man. Yes, guys, this is an actual guy. Here Not a girl us. with a really low voice. No. This is a guy. Hashtag man fan. Hashtag, Hashtag man, man fan. fan. He, made this, he made this term up and it's like stuck. I love it You know so what, though? Much. He is a man fan. And I'll tell you one thing that I love about Mateo, who is our guest. I just kind of gave it away without the big moment. I'm so sorry. We'll talk about him in a second. But he is not afraid to listen to Basically Basic. He's no. secure enough in his manliness that he will He knows will exactly listen. who he is. Yeah. And he is like our number one supporter. And okay, side note, I really think Mateo, Cammy and I were talking about how did we, like how did Basically Basic come to be? And we really believe that you were the person who planted the seed from day yes. one. Yes. Like, we're going to give you 100%, all 100%, because we were trying to remember today. We actually can't remember how this idea evolved, which is kind of sad. I know. I want to ask the Lord to, like, remind us, because I really yes, don't remember. I know. I think it was, like, little seeds over time. Like, I'm picturing, like, the little um, – who are the, like, brother and sister that walked to their grandmother's house and leave the breadcrumbs? Who are those people? Hansel and Gretel? Hansel and Gretel. Oh, exactly. Uh-huh. I saw a picture of Hansel and Gretel, like, okay. leaving these little breadcrumbs. It was, like, Holy Spirit being, like – Here's a little idea. Here's a little idea. And then before we knew it, it was basically basic. Okay, I so. actually remember how this started. What? What the yeah, heck? I Mateo, why didn't you happen Quickest sooner? Quickest prayer answered ever. Um, I'd also like a million dollars. Thanks, Lord. So it was when we were back in England. By the way, if you seem like you're a little familiar with me, it's because you may remember me from episode four. I am the Mateo who cried on the plane with Amanda. With Amy Winehouse. Over Amy Winehouse yes, documentary. Mateo's had a shout so, out. I forgot. Yes, yes that is me. Did. No shame campaign. Also, I if cried you on know airplanes. Amanda and I personally, then you know Mateo because he is yes. one of our favorite humans. Yeah. True. Okay, so anyways, favorite. we're in England. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you we guys heard that, but he said we are his favorite. Yes. yes. Well. It's mutual. <laughs> so we were in England and um, we actually talked about it being a YouTube series at first and it was going to be called First World Girls, yes. First World Problems. Mateo, can you give us just a little hint of how that song went? Yeah. Because we have first good. First good. <laughs> first good. <laughs> I got way too excited about it. <laughs> he was so oh pumped. Sorry, gosh. that was on the spot. I really yep. put the spotlight mm-hmm. on you. All okay, right. <clears throat> take five. Take, take a deep breath. Five. Take two. <laughs> yeah, take two. Here we go. Um, we are first world girls and we got first world problems. Yes. yes! I love it. So here's what we were going to do. That was like, that was the theme song I remember. And then like the plot was going to be like, anytime you're in a situation that's like a basic thing, you like... You're kind of like, I got to the Starbucks line today and it took 10 minutes for me to order my drink. And then you and say, then you we're into a the, first world girl with first world problems. Yeah. Or like, oh, what are some other ones? You could say, oh my gosh, I put on my makeup this morning and now it's been so long that my concealer is like creasing. First, first world girl with first world problems. Yeah, that was the OG, basically yep. basic, but it's turned into so much more than that and something so much better. Yeah. Oh, because I think at that point it was only going to be a joke yeah. and we were going to be like acting it, but now this is actually who we are. Yeah. Because yeah. we are kind of basic. Uh, basically. So guys, we haven't actually said Mateo's full name or why he's even here. We've just been really pumped about this. <laughs> but we'd like to introduce Mateo Palmatier. Yes. Mateo is one of our favorite humans. Genuinely, you guys, like, I wish all of you could know him. I wish I everyone had a friend like Mateo. I wish everyone had a Mateo. I know. He it's is so true. my brother. Like, I, I'm one of three girls, so I don't actually have a brother. You don't have a brother, I don't have a brother either. either. We no. both have brother in law. This is why we love you so much. Yes, but. As a friend, like, Mateo, you are my brother. And we have gotten to do so much life together. We've traveled the world together, led worship together, done ministry together, written a ton of songs. And the thing about Mateo is I see so much of Christ in Mateo. Mm -hmm. Like, it's easy for me to look at Mateo and be like, okay, yeah, that's probably how Jesus would do this. And I don't say that lightly at all, and I don't say that to a million people. Like, this is very much like I feel like getting to know Mateo is getting to know 
a little bit more of who Christ is. And I genuinely mean that. So it was a no-brainer for us to want to have Mateo on this podcast as the first male on our podcast. Yes, I love it. Because we both are such good friends with you, but also because I really feel like a heart behind this podcast was we wanted to highlight giving God glory in the basic things. Mm -hmm. And you do that so well. You really do. So well. And if, if I could bless our listeners with anything, it would be just like little nuggets of the wisdom that you carry and the revelation of the Father heart of God. And I feel like... I'm even believing that the Holy Spirit's going to speak through your little airwaves or your little mm-hmm, phone. Mm-hmm. And as Mateo's just dropping his wisdom bombs, which I know he will, that people are going to be really, really blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. He's smiling ear to ear. He's I've, blushing. I've got, <clears throat> I have to stop because I have a uh, tickle in my throat because I was trying to not cry right there. Aww, not because so I have sweet. any issue with crying. I actually, yes. let me say this real quick. I, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people apologize for crying. Because I think it shows that you have shame over your emotion. And for me, it's like, I delight in the fact that I was made in the image of an emotional God. And so I, like, have no problem crying, mm-hmm. but it stops me from talking sometimes. <laughs> like, so, I don't actually have an emotional problem. Yeah. It's just more, like, physically it's, yeah. it's hindering Some me from Some people think I have, talking. like, these profound, like, pauses, and I'm like, nope, I'm just catching my breath before Aww. I speak. Oh, my but, gosh. I love that. That's really funny. Thank you, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, well, I feel like that was really heavy really quickly, but it's just because we love you. Yes. But before we get into, like, the hard-hitting, serious Jesus stuff, we have to talk about... Starbucks. What we're drinking from Starbucks today. Ooh. What are you drinking, Tay Tay? All right. I am doing the Grande. Uh, I've totally drawn a blank on it. Let me read the label. <laughs> I am doing the Grande Dirty Chai with almond milk and a pump of toffee nut. <gasps> oh. That is like legit. That's, that's yeah. like a nice little brew. Wait, yeah. what's a dirty chai? It has got two. Well, I did an extra shot. So it's only got two shots of espresso. And so it's the chai latte, but add the espresso in it, and then I did three instead. I've never tried that. Uh-huh. I haven't either. It's great. That yeah. sounds so good. Yeah. Oh, what about you, Cammie? What are you drinking? Okay, I'm drinking a grande flat white, which I love with two pumps of vanilla. Oh. So flat okay. whites, I don't really okay. know what they are, honestly. Okay. They're so good. <laughs> Just don't try. Just don't try. Guys, Cammie, okay, sorry. Total side note. Cammie Last night, I tried can't. to do that I, again with Kaylee and Courtney, but I was eating cheese when I tried to do it, and literally cheese like flew out of my mouth because I can't roll my R's, and they were like, that was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever watched someone do. It was so embarrassing. Uh, okay. Okay. What are you drinking, Andy Pants? That's great. I'm drinking a green tea lemonade. Because I am just trying to bring out my inner Kardashian. I think you're, like, trying to bring back the summer vibes. Yeah, I'm trying to bring back summer vibes. And I just feel like the Kardashians always have, like, a green tea mix, like, with them. And so I was like, I'm just going to try it green out. Green tea, like, it's not my sounds favorite. so healthy. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not like my favorite. I don't recommend it. Just no, it can get a little go. boring. You have to do something boring, to spice yeah. it up. And, like, let's be honest. Like, if you're walking the path of a Kardashian, like, keep keep listening to this yes. podcast. Keep going. We're <laughs> leading you in the right direction. Okay, well, guys, today we brought Mateo on. Again, this is one of those people where I was like, what do we ask Mateo? Because we could ask him anything. Also, he knows us both very well. And is one thing I love about Mateo is he's the best at making fun of us. Like, you oh, call us yes. out. It's a love language. But you it can't, is. Yeah, yeah, we never take it offensively. No. It's like always, yeah, you're right. That uh-huh. was accurate. I think, like, for Dallas peeps, I remember last time I visited you guys in Dallas because I don't live in Dallas. 
was the amount of people who came up to me when I hijacked I hijacked Cammy's Insta story one time yes. and just made an Insta story of making fun of Cammy and I literally gained friends from making fun of Cammy on her Insta <laughs> people, story. People like when he came to visit, uh-huh. they were like, "Wait, that's the guy from your Insta story who was making fun of you." You like because it was actually really funny and you said this earlier, yeah. kind of joking, but genuinely a love language for me is people making fun of me. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Like I yeah. love when people make fun of me. Uh-huh. And it brings me joy. Well, and we've done so much <laughs> life together now that we know each other so well. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's fun when you know like the little nuances of people. Yes. So you can kind of like poke at things and you know it's not going to be like an issue. An issue. You know? Okay, so that makes me think of, I actually want to hear the story of how you two met because I know it was in college, but like was there like a specific moment? Yes. Okay, I want to hear it. Yeah. So do you want to share yeah, I'll go. go. Um, so I actually transferred to Belmont, and Cammy and I met at Belmont College, and um, it was really, it was such a god thing, because when I came and auditioned, the girl running my audition room was actually Becca, who you guys had yeah. on several episodes ago. Yeah. Yes, the basics she, of motherhood. You guys should listen to it. It's amazing. Yeah. So she was the very first person I met, and she was like, if you just had to come here, make sure you look me up, like I'll get you connected with some people, and I was like, okay, this is the friendliest person I've ever met. And then I get here, and I go to my very first class, and sitting next to me in my very first class is uh, our friend Natalie. And Natalie was, again, so kind, just like, if you need help getting connected, let me know. And so I leave that class, and I go to my next class, and sitting next to me in that class is our friend Kelsey. Which, side note, at the time, these are my three roommates. Yeah, and I didn't know that. I'd never, it's literally my first day of classes. Wow. And so I meet Kelsey, and Kelsey, actually, somebody, I'm from Michigan originally, and a friend of, of mine from Michigan was like, hey, when you get down there, look up this girl, Kelsey. Uh, she's great. She'll help you get connected. So I meet Kelsey. And then I get done with that class. And I go to my voice lesson, like our studio, because I was yeah. a music major. And I get in class. And Cammy comes into class and just goes, are you Mateo? And I was like, Because <laughs> at this point, yeah. I had heard about him from all my roommates. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, like, there's a new guy. His name's Mateo. He's so sweet. Yeah. So it was really funny because I was like, I am? And she's like, well, I just ran into my roommate Kelsey in the courtyard. And she just said to make sure that I said hey. And like, Aww, make sure you feel welcome. And so then really sweet. I literally the first four people that I met were all the roommates in their like house here. And then it was cool because it's actually a duplex. Yeah. And me and my friends moved into the other side of the duplex the <gasps> next year. Wait, I never knew you lived on the other side. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I so never side knew note, this. tell them where we're recording this podcast so right guys, now. This is coming full circle because we are in that duplex. Like, right now. We're oh, back in college days. Yeah. And but the best part of it is is that now I'm in the pack. That's so <laughs> true. And Amanda, you totally would have lived with us. Uh-huh. Oh no. So the funny thing is, is like anytime we come to Nashville, like uh-huh. I immediately just like associate myself with like I was like, I remember that time at Belmont and like, wait, mm-hmm. didn't go there. Like I wasn't a part of that. But season. you would have yeah. totally been it. A hundred percent. Yeah. So then after college, it was, I guess it was after college is when mm-hmm. you moved next door. So this is the duplex in Nashville that my dad owns. And so me and my roommates lived on one side and then he always rented out the other side and Mateo and a bunch of his guy friends and his brother moved in and Honestly, like, we, I had known you, but we weren't, like, super close until no, we moved No, we started door. getting close because Becca, again, mm-hmm. uh, heard me sing a song that I wrote, and she was like, you need to write with Cammy. Yes. And then she told you the same thing, you need to write with Mateo. She just thought it would, like, mm-hmm. click. And then we wrote, and it super clicked for us writing together. So and then we realized, oh, we're actually a lot, like, the same person. Yes. And totally. 
friendship became best friends game over. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing was, so all the girls on one side, all the boys on the other, and it kind of reminded me of like a sitcom in the 90s uh-huh. because we started doing like family dinners every yep. Sunday night mm-hmm. and just that. had, yeah, we had this awesome community. We had the like the best time together and I actually got to know Mateo's heart and totally like at that time in my life, I was writing a lot, but I think I was looking up to a lot of older songwriters that I was in the room with and they had all these hit songs and like were really seasoned and successful and I think I was afraid to let my voice come through like Mm -hmm. I kind of just let them steer the songwriting sessions but I really feel like part of the reason that the Lord put Mateo in my life was you encouraged me as a writer on my own and brought out songs in me that I didn't know that I had because you allowed me to like it was a safe place I could Uh try things Mm -hmm. with you and say like what about this and not think he's gonna think I'm an idiot you know right right and that's really where our friendship started. But mm-hmm. really the crazy thing for me with Mateo is I feel like, and you'll speak to this too, I'm sure, but consistently every time I call Mateo and we yes. talk, we are in, God is taking us through the exact same season. We're learning the same mm-hmm. lesson. Like it, we don't even address it anymore because nope. it's just like it obviously. Yeah. But I feel like, I'll, you know, you'll call me and you'll share something that God's teaching you. And I'm like, I'm sorry, are you reading my journal? Yeah. Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure same thing. I just said this. Yeah. And I think, you know, Amanda loves all of my Nashville friends that she's gotten to know, but I feel like you are probably the one Mateo's that she has. an exception. Yeah. Uh-huh. You might be the number one. Sorry, guys. I'm not really. Yeah. No, but really, you guys have <laughs> such sorry, a sweet, sorry. separate relationship. I know. Uh-huh. I do. Which I'm trying to think. Okay, so how did, we, I mean, obviously we met through Cammie, but uh-huh. like when was the, I don't remember the so first I time. I remember meeting. You remember everything. Once, so I know. Well, I it's funny. This. Well, I I do. I remember a lot, remember but I think I remember the things that matter to me. So oh, you matter really to me. Oh, we um, obviously don't remember the things that matter yeah. to us because you do matter to us. <laughs> it sounds like a call out. Yeah, it? it's like, like ooh, okay. oops. Oh, clearly, this is a one-sided relationship. Yeah, I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm trying um, to. No, I don't remember. Okay, I remember it. This is funny. I don't think I ever told you this. So oh, no. I'm I remember kind of worried about you should be a little worried, like, but oh, it's no, fine. Oh, no, guys, this could, okay. this could go south. <laughs> no, it was back when Cammie was working at the church, and we were going to go do the mission trip to Oklahoma. And we were taking, like, yes. and I was going to help, like, lead worship, and you were going to go help take photos yes. and yes. do things like that. And I remember Cammie inviting me to come on the trip, and she's like, you're going to come, and Natalie's going to come. And she said, oh, and you're going to meet my friend Amanda, and you're going to love her because she is, like, literally my twin. She's just like me. And I remember being like, who is Amanda? <laughs> jealous like, I'm jealous. I had, Oh, I had the jealous friend thing. Oh, uh, I, I feel really special yeah. right okay. now. Well, here's the thing. like, And you can attest that this isn't, isn't as true anymore, but it was way true for you back then. As Cammie's the person who has 100 friends. Oh, uh, yes. And absolutely. so, like, getting time, like, with Cammie is, like, it's a nice like thing. Value. because Aww. yes. She's usually yes, hanging out you know with like one of the like hundred different directions. Yeah, and I feel like that's changed a little bit over time. Like you've not that you have less friends, but like you really have like you've learned value. how to say you've learned I've how to say no. quality over quantity for yeah. years. Yes, exactly. And I feel like you've learned how to say no to uh-huh. what is good, so you can say yes to what is best. Yeah. Ooh, preach, girl! Okay. I'm gonna put that on a t-shirt too. Yeah, <laughs> put that on a t-shirt and sell it so we can make some money. Okay. <laughs> you and your one-liners are so good. I can't, you guys. I don't know where uh-huh. they come from. It's like I can throw a one-liner all day, but I cannot pronounce a word. Yeah. So you just, you just. <laughs> Give and take, you know? God yeah. <laughs> gives uh-huh. and he takes away. We all have our gifts, you know? Yeah. So I honestly was like, I did not think I was going to like you, but mostly just had <laughs> like that friend jealousy thing. <laughs> we were already set was, up for failure. But it was I just like kind of one of those things, you know, like, yes. like one more friend. Yeah, you're really? right. <laughs> Cammie, can we really fit this into right. our schedule? Right. Like, And I'm already like... This is not the right way of saying it, but like at a disadvantage in the sense of like the male female thing. Of yes. like you have to have healthy boundaries and relationships, right, right. and I always want to honor Cammy and Stephen's yeah. marriage, you know. Yes, yes. And so I was like, well, okay, it helps that you and Stephen are super close oh, too. Stephen yeah. is like 
I We've said this it. so many times. If Steve and I ever get the chance to live in the same city, we would be best friends. Yes. Aww, I cannot I wait that. for that day. It will happen. In yes. Jesus' name. Yes. yes. But then I met you and I was like, oh, Kimmy was right. I love her. <laughs> and we just bonded. Like, we did. That okay. was it. And then so, the very next time we hung out. Sorry, you go. We you were go. best. Well, okay. Now that I know exactly what trip you're talking about. And now uh-huh. that you say that, I just can't believe that was the first time we met. Because I feel like on that trip, I had known you forever. Literally so, within the first two hours, yes. I was like... I remember, like, I can't believe this first time I met because I, like, yeah. re- remember that trip vividly, like, being backstage, yeah. like, going to get like, smoothies. Yeah. And then the very next time we hung out was going to England. Like, we did not do, like, the casual friends, like, hey, let's meet in these, like, groups at the coffee shop. It yeah. was like, hey, let's go on this mission trip. Hey, let's go on the mission trip across hey, the world. Hey, you want to come to Europe? Yeah. Wait, yep. that's so fun. I had Next no idea thing you knew, you were on a flight crying about Amy Winehouse. <laughs> Next thing I knew, we were bonding over Amy and the fact Absolutely. that no one had ever oh shared gosh. Jesus with her. That was oh. really a hard moment. That was okay, a really that's hard actually moment. a really great segue because I'm about to get it real, real, real mm-hmm. quick. But Amy Winehouse not knowing Jesus. Yep. Here's the thing. Mateo, you probably were crying because you have a heart that is wide open for people. Mm-hmm. And what I finally decided I wanted to talk to you about, we narrowed it down of all the options was living missionally Mm -hmm. because Mateo has a history of being a missionary. And one thing I love about Mateo is I realized he will always be a missionary, whether that is his title and what he gets paid to do or just what he's doing forever because you just have such a heart to share Mm -hmm. the love of God with people. And I feel like you've learned and grown so much as far as what that looks like and you've realized what it looks like to do that in your everyday life and you do it so naturally. Yeah, Um, And I know – like me, a lot of our listeners are people that, you know, go to church, like love the Lord. We have a, a great following of people that love Jesus. But I think sometimes it's hard for us as Christians to know what it looks like to take that outside of the box of our comfort zone and to not just, you know, sharing Jesus. I feel like in the Western American culture can be a lot of times of like, oh, I'm going to invite my friend to church. Yeah. And that's like the comfortable way of like, being a missionary it's, it's like ooh, can can i bring them on sunday and then you do the whole like mm-hmm. i'm just gonna pray that the pastor gives a good message yeah. and like yeah. they play the right song and yes. like i hope yes. that it's not a guest preacher who right. i don't know right? right but just having ways where you can actually like share the gospel in that moment and when you're on a mission field you don't have that option like mm-hmm. you have to step out and i've gone on a ton of mission trips with you and you've stretched me as the leader of the trips in mm-hmm. so many ways um, I feel like you even like know you're doing it. Like I know that like cheeky grin you give me when you're yep. like, I'm going to ask you yes. to do something and it's going to make her really yes. uncomfortable. Yep. Um, but anyways, all this to say, Mateo, I just kind of want to press play on your heart and I want to just hear how you, like, I guess starting just with like, how did you step into wanting to be a missionary? Like when did God give you this passion to see people fall in love with Jesus? Yeah. yeah I love this question. Um, well, I think the term missionary is one that like it's misinterpreted a lot. Because we hear missionary and we automatically assume it's somebody who is going to live in a third world country right. and love the orphans and all these, right. and that can be a part of it. Right. But for me, like you have to look at the core of the word, which is mission. And for me, it's like the Lord has put a mission within my heart. And so anytime I'm listening to the Lord's voice and then acting upon that, that is a mission. And it simplifies it so much when you think about that. So it's just tuning into what the Father has to say and then acting upon it. And for me, it was like, I didn't grow up knowing Jesus. I met Jesus for the first time when I was 17. Mm-hmm. And um, I, up until that point, said, no, if there's any kids listening, stop it a second. Just don't let them <laughs> hear this That's so good. What a father, Mateo. I could ruin something for them right here, and I don't Aww, want to. Um, that's really sweet. So give you a moment. 
all right, this is what I'm going to say, don't let the kids hear, is <laughs> I thought Jesus was like Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny, and I thought he was honestly like a fairy tale. I thought he was yeah. something that was like a story that was was told, but I didn't realize he was a real person. So when I was 17, um, I found out Jesus was real, and I found out that the same power that rose Christ from the dead was available for us today. Mm-hmm. And not only that, what happened was somebody, a friend of mine, read me through the book of Acts, and all of a sudden I was like, wait, there was healing here. Wait, they prophesied here. Oh, wait, there was... And I just saw mm-hmm. Jesus in his supernatural form. And I was like, I didn't know that any of this was available. So I ended up getting, like, saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, all of this on the same day, and just ran with it. And um, I didn't see any separation between regular life and life with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I would go to school, and I would just start telling people, like, hey, l- let me tell you about this, like encounter I had with Jesus last night and um it just became a natural overflow of meeting him um and so that's kind of like really the the starting point for missions with me I never intended on being a missionary uh the next thing that really happened not the next thing but I guess the next thing in terms of missions was I was at a uh, young adults meeting on a Monday night and we were in worship and in the middle of worship I started weeping And back at this point in my life, crying wasn't a normal for me. And so (laughs) I started weeping. But the weird thing was, I knew I was weeping for the UK, for the United Kingdom. And I just remember, like, saying, like, Lord, what is this? Like, what's happening? But Mm -hmm. I just started interceding and praying, like, whatever this is, help the UK. God save the Mm -hmm. UK. God intervene for the UK. Like, send me. Do what you need to in here. Like, I don't know if you're calling me there. I don't know what this is, but I'm just saying yes to it. Mm -hmm. And had this whole ordeal with the Lord. And about a year later, our friend Daniela and I were grabbing coffee and she said, "Uh, hey, I'm taking a mission trip, leading a mission trip to England. Would you want to go? And as soon as I heard England, I knew I was supposed to go because of this encounter I'd had with the Lord a year earlier. And so I just said yes. Mm -hmm. And uh she just was like okay it's gonna cost this much and I was like you don't have to tell me any of that the answer is yes like Mm -hmm. because I knew the Lord had put it within my heart and so I went and that was the first trip that I ever had led worship on uh the first mission first time I'd ever left the country Mm -hmm. um growing up I'd always stayed in the states um but it was just a yes to Jesus and going and kind of like kind of uh testing out what I felt like I'd heard him say like Mm -hmm. I feel like you're saying something Let's go see what this is. Kind of like Moses in the burning bush. Like, Mm -hmm. he turned aside when he saw something and went and checked it out and had this encounter with the Lord. And so that's what it was. I went to England. And the very first night, we were there leading worship. And um, I wasn't actually a worship leader at this point. Our friend Which is so crazy to me because you're such an anointed worship leader. Well, thanks. And this was where I stepped into it. Yeah. And so I was actually just supposed to be a background singer on this trip. And our friend Russell was supposed to be the main, like, worship leader with Daniela. Russell ended up going on tour, and so Danielle was like, "Shout out Russell going? Dickerson! Shout out Russell, hey buddy!" <laughs> um, and so Danielle was like, "Can you fill in for us?" And I did, and I started singing the spontaneous song, and the church just started like erupting in worship. And we sang this one; it was literally it is a two line song that we sang for over forty minutes. Wow! And as we're doing it, we see people who like literally are in like old people with walkers who start like throwing their walkers to the side and can now walk for the first time and we see people who are um have like their fingers are bent up from arthritis like their fingers straighten and we're just literally worshiping over them and i was like this 
is the God that I read about. And wow. this is real. And I just was like, I will give my life to this cause. I will give my life mm. to the extending of your kingdom. And that to me was like where it all began. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of like snowballed from that. I love that. Um, type of thing. I remember the next year. I was like, Lord, I want to go back to England. And he said, actually, the next country I'm going to take you to is Australia. And I was like, okay, but I want to go back to England. <laughs> okay, okay <laughs> but remember great. England? Remember yeah. how much I loved the UK? Okay. Right. So we had this whole like conversation and <laughs> I was like, all right, Lord, you had you put England on my heart before. You're putting Australia on my heart the same way. So I'm going to say yes to this. because Which I just it- want to pause there because that is one thing, Mateo, that I want to just say that I see in you. And that I'm sure Kami does too that I love about you is I feel like anytime the Lord like brings you something, I just feel like you're always such a good steward of it. Like, and I feel like you never question him. Like, I feel like you just hear his voice in a, in such like a powerful way that is like, yeah, we, we have the power to hear the voice that way. But I just feel like the way, like you talk to him like a friend and you talk to him like a father. And I just mm. think that's a really cool thing that like people can tangibly like see in you. Oh, thank you. For me, I think it's because I was the person who I actually never had a best friend growing up. Mm. Like, I had some friends, and mm-hmm. I'm from a big family, but I didn't have a best friend. So when I met Jesus, he literally became my best friend. Mm. So I remember, I like, sitting on the plane and just talking with him on the plane. And when I would drive, when I moved to Nashville, just sitting in the car and out loud talking with him. And mm. he literally has been, like, he's not just an idea. He's a real yeah. person. Yeah. And so I just developed this best friendship with him where I go to him for everything. And um, so I love that you see that because it's something that it's like the it's like the biggest thing I see part in my heart. And so, so yeah, I just surrendered England to him and said, "Let's go to Australia." And uh, the very next day, um, uh, the missions organization I traveled with before Mm -hmm. said, "Hey, you know that England trip you went on last year? Uh, Would you lead it this year?" And I was like. Uh, what? (laughs) Because I don't know how to lead a trip. I've only ever gone on one. And he says, yeah, we want you to lead it. And so I went to go. I I was like, I don't think I can say yes to this because I can't afford it. I'm actually saving up to go to Australia. And they said, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, you're leading the trip. We'll pay for you to go. You just have to put a team together. We're going to send you to England. And so I was like, I have to ask the Lord because he said I'm going to Australia. And uh, he was like, great, go talk to the Lord. So I went and talked to the Lord. And... um. The Lord's like, just laughing about it when I go and meet with him because he's like, you surrendered it. And so I gave it right back to you. Mm -hmm. And the very next week I got an invite to Australia. And I also, they paid for me to go to Australia. I didn't have to pay for it. And it was this whole thing because I'm living on like bare bones. Like my bills are coming to, you know say a thousand dollars and i'm making like a thousand and one dollars so like (laughs) Like, i have one extra dollar so so i can get a pack of gum (laughs) yeah so i end up going back to england and then i ended up going to australia and then the next year uh i went back to england and scotland like three times that year over to wales iceland uh jamaica honduras just all over the place Mm -hmm. and so it was always a, I felt like the Lord said something and I just obeyed <laughs> and I just went for it. And so it was something that kind of just evolved organically. That's so, well, I love that you said that the first time you led worship was on a mission trip because one thing that I feel like I've learned from getting to travel and do missions is you always end up leaving and you realize that like it was so much more about what he was teaching you than mm-hmm. even was about the people. Mm-hmm. Like whether 
you know, I've been building a house in Mexico or was in doing a camp in Guatemala or an African orphanage. Like I've gotten to go to all these cool places and do missions, but I always leave knowing I got to be his hands and feet, but I leave with such a deeper revelation and it feels like a boot camp almost yeah. with mm-hmm. Jesus. Like yeah. you go and you, he always just kind of like gently is like, Hey, I'm going to show you a new facet of who I am. I'm going to show you a new facet of who you are as a son or daughter and what that looks like to step out. Mm -hmm. And that's why I just, I'm so excited we get to do this podcast because I want every listener and, you know, again, it depends on your season. Not everyone in this season right now when you're listening can get up right now and go on a trip, right? Uh But I hope that this stirs in people this idea of being okay with stepping out of your comfort zone. And again, that can be to the person in the grocery store tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That yep. can be to a family member that you've been burning in your heart to want to share Jesus, but you feel like it's going to be awkward. Yep. But it could also be going to a country where you don't know the language or you don't know what that looks like. And yep. and I think sometimes the problem is in our culture, it can be really glamorous to be like, okay, I'm going to Africa or I'm going to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I love like for me, the trips where I've been the most impacted was honestly the UK with you. And mm-hmm. I remember telling people, I'm going on a mission trip to the UK and people are kind of like, what? Like, what does that even mean? But yeah. it's like, here's the deal. P- people everywhere need to hear Jesus. Yeah. It's yeah. not – poverty is horrible and I do think that there's needs in third world countries that are far beyond, yeah. you know, other countries. Mm-hmm. But poverty also can look different and there's yeah. poverty in the spirit. And yeah. I think getting mm-hmm. to go, God will download his heart in different ways, yeah. you know, so through here's, that. The thing about missions is – it's not the thing is any place that doesn't any place on the earth that doesn't look like heaven has to change yeah like our mandate is on earth as it is in heaven Mm -hmm. and we are meant to bring the kingdom to earth Mm -hmm. and so my mandate when i go out on missions is not to recreate america and other countries Mm -hmm. that's not the culture i'm recreating i'm recreating a kingdom culture Mm. and so i remember being in england we did a youth conference cami and amanda were on this trip Mm -hmm. and our friend matt was speaking and I remember the exact story that you shared because we talked about it on the plane. Of, and yeah. it, that was a revelation with me because I was like, yeah, we're not trying to make these look like us. We're trying to make it look like the kingdom. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. the all, Like the little things, like the accents or like the things that are quote UK, yeah. like it's fine. Like yeah. we're trying to be, bring a kingdom mindset. I remember yeah. like you sharing this story. Yeah. And it's the thing is I have no problem with something being British. I have no problem with something being Jamaican, with being Honduran, with being American if that thing is in alignment with the kingdom of God. And so when Matt went up to speak, I took a moment and I like invited him up to speak. I was emceeing for the night and I took a moment and I honored him. And I just said all the things that I appreciate about him and the things that I, the way I saw saw Jesus in him. And when you could see him get a little uncomfortable. And when I uh, handed over the microphone to him, he said, well, I don't really know what to do with that because that wasn't a very British thing to do, was it? And the whole audience kind of chuckled. And so later I was like, what, what isn't a British thing to do? And so I asked him about it and he's like, oh, this whole kind of like public encouraging each other, honoring, like they have this phrase in England called taking the mickey out of each other, which is like sarcasm and basically like taking people down a notch with your words through like wow. sarcastic banter. Not being the a healthy. cheeky nando. Yes. yes a cheeky that. nando. Shout out to our Love England that. listeners. Which now that I'm a mom, you guys, when I hear that accent, I just hear Peppa Pig. Yep. That's all I hear now. That's all I hear now. Yes. Yeah. And so I remember the Lord just saying like, hey, I was speaking in two days at that same conference and the Lord was like, this is what you're talking about. Mm. We are meant, like the kingdom is one that is meant to um, excel in gifts that build up the church, mm-hmm. uh, encouragement, et, like exhortation, 
edification, strengthening, comfort, all those things. So I was like, I'm not okay with there being a culture that thrives off of putting people down Mm -hmm. rather than building up. Mm -hmm. And so it's got nothing to do with your country of origin. Mm -hmm. It's got to do with like our citizenship, which is one of heaven. And so for me, that changes everything in my day to day. When I see something that doesn't look like heaven, I instantly am positioned to say, all right, I have to change this. Mm -hmm. And so I love, I love what you said earlier, Cam, you're talking about the grocery store and stuff. Every time I don't use self checkouts anymore because Mm -hmm. the Lord is like, stop creating systems where you don't have to interact with people Mm -hmm. you need to interact with people and bring me into their lives so Mm -hmm. i go to cashiers and i will prophesy over the cashiers i'll ask them how they're feeling how they're Mm -hmm. doing and if they say they're not feeling well i ask if i can pray for them Mm -hmm. and i like will pray and we'll see people get healed in the cash like cashier lines and um like the other day i got to lead somebody to jesus in the coffee shop Mm -hmm. and all these different things and so every place you touch is actually a mission field Mm -hmm. and so it's breaking down that misconception of it's got to be foreign, it's got to be a different place, or even that somebody has to create a trip for you. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I don't have to make a mission trip in order for you to go on mission. Mm-hmm. Um, I will make a trip if the Lord asks me to make a trip. But otherwise, your own backyard, your life is your mission field. And so we even, like, we joke about it. Cammy is always trying to get me to move to Dallas. Mm-hmm. and Still trying. Still, <laughs> still working on trying. it. Haven't stopped. Could happen one day. I'm Who totally knows? open to it. If yep. the Lord says go, go. But we, uh, like, Cammy and I had a really honest conversation about it where I live in Georgia right now. And I told her, I was like, I'm not done. Like, the Lord sent me there on mission. And I, I'm a missionary right now. I work for a church in Georgia. And you may say, like, okay, so I'm not a missionary. I work for a church. Like, you must be a pastor or something. Like, no, I'm actually a missionary in this area i was Mm -hmm. sent to bring something i was sent to change something i was sent to bring the kingdom and for me that's that's missions well i love that you said i'm a missionary in this area because i feel like this like everything that you just said really encapsulates Mm -hmm. here i go again you guys my words that's a word okay encapsulates wow a plus for me a plus plus so it just it reminded me that like the reason we started this podcast was genuinely to bring God glory or how we can bring God glory in the basic things. And like it is wherever he's called you in that moment. And Mm -hmm. it could be in Africa, like miles, miles away. But it's like the fact that you could talk to someone in a coffee shop or the grocery store or whatever. And like, it reminds me of like the beginning in our theme song when it goes, Jesus Christ. Yeah. He wants your basic. (laughs) And it's like, it's so true because Uh like, you're right. We, there's some people that can't just pick up or that's not your season of life. Like if you have two kids or if you, you know, I don't know, or in a corporate world, like yeah. supporting for your family. It's like you, it's harder to pick up and just go do that. But like yeah. the ways that you can bring Christ into uh-huh. your like mundane moments is yeah. just as powerful. It can be just as powerful. Yeah. And it's such a, like, I think we've complicated things when they're so much simpler. Mm-hmm. Like things are supposed to be so much simpler than we've made them to be. And so for me, I'm always like asking the Lord, why, what are the things that are preventing me from living like you in the Mm. earth like I want to look as much like you as possible Mm -hmm. and so for me I'm at this place where I I look at my life and if it doesn't look like Jesus it has to change even in my own life and then I try to also bring changes places I go and so one of the things that I notice keeps me from missions and keeps I think most people from living a missional life is usually the fear of man 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fear of like, what are people going to say if I go do this? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to think if I step out? Or how are they going to react? Think I'm weird. Like, are, gonna be, are they going to like disapprove of this? Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so I, one of my most like constant prayers with the Lord is, Lord, you need to completely eradicate the fear of man from my life because mm-hmm. I will, I refuse to live off of the. Um, approval of man approval of man the disapproval of man Mm -hmm. or sometimes just the the thoughts of what I think they might say Mm -hmm. and so it's setting everything aside um, in order to like say yes to Mm -hmm. him and I remember again we were at uh, the upper room Cammie's church we were at the conference their conference in last year 2018 and there was one session I just started weeping like crying hard and it was because what the Lord was doing is he brought me into this time where I just had this vision like pass before my eyes and it was entirely uh, I started seeing like the cost of following Jesus mm. all the things I was giving up to say yes to him because there is a cost but I realized like the cost is nothing compared to what you gain from wow. following him and but I really did I really like wept and I think like you even remember it because yeah. I was distraught for a while because I could have just like the easiest cushiest life I'm somebody who I take up new skills really easy and I was a good student I was straight a student and I could just do all these things really well but I was like I'm actually gonna set all of that aside to say yes to Jesus and you he can you don't have to set aside your grades. You don't have to set aside any of those things to follow him. But I was like, I'm letting go of my reputation. I'm letting go of the career that I could have that would look amazing. I'm letting go of all of this stuff because the really the only reason I ever wanted it was that it looked like I had a good life. And I realized I have to let go of how I think my life should look or is going to look to other people and so that I can just say yes to him. It's so um, and it's been the sweetest thing. Like, it's so much easier to just live life now because I don't think about what people will mm-hmm. think about it anymore, you know? Well, I love that, I love that because I think that there is, there is that part of being a missionary in your everyday life that is totally breaking cultural boundaries. And it's like, it's one thing to go to another country and to know in your mindset, okay, I'm going here with this mission in mind. And I'm never going to see these people again. So, like, I can do whatever. And, like, if it's awkward, cool, great, I'm leaving. I'm not going to see you. Um, But there's something radical about being in your own neighborhood and knowing that you could see that person at Target that you asked to pray and they said no the next time you go to Target. Yeah. And that there's that uncomfortable, like, thing of – and it's also we get – I think when we are in our own – daily lives we get in our zone and we're just going to our place of work and our you know normal spots and we're just thinking about ourselves and it's easy to just like go through autopilot you know but for me I think when I think of all the trips that the Lord's taken me on I really think he was preparing me for the job that I have now at New Horizons where I run an after-school program for at-risk inner city kids and the past two years I've had gotten to serve I think the most we had was like maybe 50 or 60 kids but um these kids live in a neighborhood that's down the street from me. And yeah. um, one day, this is so funny, but I walk in the, this is super random, but I walked in the classroom and, you know, these kids, I've broken up fist fights, I've been cussed out, I've, you know, had to clean up poop off the floor. I don't even understand how that even happened, but like <laughs> just so many uncomfortable <laughs> things, you know, dealt with some like tough conversations. And um, one day I walk in the classroom and it just smelled so <laughs> bad. I was like, what is actually happening? Yeah. And the other teacher and I looked across each other across the room and I was like, literally like what, 
did a bomb, a smoke, like a, what are they called? Stink bombs? Did yeah. it go off in the yeah, classroom? Yeah. Like, what happened? And, like, kids that age, man, they just love to fart and they just don't yeah. care. They just <laughs> fart it out. They're like, get it out, right? But so clearly, and this is so cheesy, but I just felt the Lord being like, love is being close enough to smell their farts. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I know that that's so that. ridiculous, but I just felt like the voice of God being like, you know what? Yeah. This is a part of my job. Like, that's uh-huh. just straight up not glamorous. Yeah. Like, like, I am with these kids now. It's not this mission mm. thing anymore that I can post these pictures on Facebook that I'm yeah. in Africa. Like. I'm doing nitty gritty life with these yeah. smelly, messy kids from broken families. I'm taking kids home when their parents forget to pick mm-hmm. them up. I'm going to their basketball games when I'd rather be hanging out with my friends. I'm like giving up money that I don't have to buy them clothes for school and getting their school supplies. And I wouldn't trade it for the entire world. Yeah. And it's so uncomfortable and messy and inconvenient and yeah. smelly yeah but it's so beautiful and yeah. it's like genuine love and i just think about how god's done all that times a billion for me and he yeah. comes into my gross mess yeah he knows all the smelly farts that i have uh-huh. and he loves me <laughs> so much like in in spite of that yeah. even with that he yeah. doesn't care and i just feel like when i said yes to that job I had no clue what I was saying yes to, but it's been the best yes ever. Yeah. And that's it right there. Like you started tapping into it is like, the thing is Jesus is worth it. Mm -hmm. And there's something that happens when you see how much he's worth, where all of a sudden, like the cost doesn't seem like a cost. You know, Mm -hmm. you said, I started thinking about how he came into like my own smelly farts, which I like love that (laughs) one. I love that we're on the number two topic because Kimmy and I literally had this conversation on the car today. We did. She was asking, she's like, what's the, what would you say is like the hardest thing about being a parent right Mm -hmm. now? And it used to be more of like a physical thing because when you're a new mom, it's like, you know, they're taking like nutrients from your body. It's like you always have to have them near you. It's like physically exhausting. And now it's kind of where it's a little bit more mental and like more dying to self because Mm. there's moments where I do want to drive to Dallas to go meet Cammie and get a mani-pedi or to go see a movie on a Tuesday night or whatever. And there's time, there's a time and a place. Like once your mom, that doesn't just like die. Like you can still do those things, but it's, it's prioritizing. And so it is sometimes, it feels like what you're called to sometimes does feel inconvenient. Yeah. But what I've come to realize is like the moments I do something selfish for like self gratification and like this is what I want to do, yeah. I immediately feel guilt and regret. Mm. But the minute I say yes to what God's called me to and like the obedience in that, it's like the return is like tenfold. Like it's the most beautiful thing. Like I even think about it like a couple months ago, the like election stuff was going on and. I just saw people like on social media, like fighting back and forth and like literally that's it. I could probably cry talking about this, but then like literally that same night as I'm seeing like NBC's on and like, like political stuff's going on and I like see social people on social media fighting about it. I go to Gwen's room and we're reading like the sweetest book about Jesus and I'm just like, this is where like beauty is. Like it's not like who, it's not like in the hope of who's like running for governor or who's like doing this. Like it's literally in this tiny like 400 like square feet of my daughter's room just like mm-hmm. reading and, mm-hmm. and like no one sees it but it's like the most beautiful like precious moments so and like anyways it was just like a like an aha moment I had with the Lord yeah. because I'm like who cares what the world is doing like I'm in this tiny room where you've called me and it's like the most beautiful space I could be in yeah there's something that like when you catch the goodness of God mm-hmm. every it just becomes worth it to follow mm-hmm. him and I just I look 
I know full well what the Lord has saved me from. Mm. And so he's worth any inconvenience he calls me to. I don't see it as an inconvenience. Mm. And it is, you see the beauty and you're Mm -hmm. like, yes. And like, the more you behold his goodness, the more you see him rightly, the more you just say like, yes to it. And so I think that's like the thing. There's so many people who are like, I'm just not built to be a missionary. I'm not. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, if you actually just take the time to see him rightly and see who he is and see what he's done for you, Mm -hmm. like, your life will just become missional. And it's Mm -hmm. just this beautiful thing of recognizing you're so worth it. And it's not even something that you can, like, I can fully articulate, but it's something that happens in your heart and you're like, I have beheld you in what you've done, Mm -hmm. what you have accomplished, and your goodness Mm -hmm. and like that goodness when you recognize who he really is Mm -hmm. when you recognize what he's really like and that goodness you trust him enough to say yes like Mm -hmm. and for me that is like the starting point i love that you went back to like the 400 square Mm -hmm. foot and being in this place like Mm -hmm. you saw the the goodness of the lord there Mm -hmm. and the more that you see his goodness the more you trust it like Mm -hmm. we the three of us like have we trust each other so much in our Mm -hmm. friendship because we know each other Mm -hmm. we've we've gotten to see each other's hearts and we Mm -hmm. know what we're really like and that's the thing with the lord is like i don't have an issue trusting him because i've gotten to see what he's like Mm -hmm. you know that he's always and i actually had this epiphany like when we had like our whole travel issue in nashville i sent cammy a text because it was like just a crazy travel day and i sent cammy a text that said like jesus always shows up but then last night when i was going to bed i was like no i showed up i was like because the thing is is jesus has always been there Mm -hmm. like it's i'm the one that showed up to him Mm -hmm. and like i had that epiphany going to bed last night because Mm -hmm. i was literally just like thanking god for this like bringing beauty to this like crazy day and I remember saying, like, I texted Cammy saying, like, God always show, like showed up. He always does. And then I had this realization where I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, no, Amanda, you showed up. That's mm. so cool, Amanda. I've always been there. And, yeah. like, you were the one that mm. showed up. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I, I should, you know yeah. what I mean? But it's like, we have that power in us to show up because God's consistent. Like, he yeah. is before and after and, like, will always be there. But it's like us being the ones as humans to, like, daily say yes and yes. to show up. Yeah. And it's when you show up that you, like... It's like, all right, Lord, I'm taking you at your word. If you are who you say you are, mm-hmm. you're actually never going to see him as who he says he is unless you give him the opportunity right. to be unless who he says up. he is. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, all right, Lord, you say you're faithful. Have I ever given you the opportunity to show yourself faithful? Mm-hmm. Or have I built a life that I can run myself mm-hmm. and not let you mm-hmm. like have any hand in it? Mm-hmm. And so it is. It's you see him rightly mm-hmm. and you let him in and then you act in accordance with that. You show up mm-hmm. and it's like, it's just this amazing thing where you can just walk and trust with mm-hmm. him. So like for me, I, this is, <laughs> sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening to this, this is probably going to upset you a little <laughs> sorry, bit. Sorry guys. <laughs> 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 <It's like 11. laughs> but like, so I have counted the cost. I am totally okay with the fact of I would die for the cause of Christ. Mm. Like I live in a state of there's a chance in my life that I could die for the Lord. Mm-hmm. There's a weight to that, but it doesn't feel that weighty because I just get to be with the Lord if that's yeah. the case. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't let that f- like freak me out because mm-hmm. I don't actually have an expectation of dying for Christ. Mm-hmm. I have an expectation for him to protect me. I have mm-hmm. an expectation for him to keep me safe. Mm-hmm. I have an expectation for him to defend me, to uphold me, um, to be near to me, um, to send an encampment of our angels around me. And mm-hmm. I put myself in positions where it's like, Lord, you have to do these things. And I know that you're going to do these things. Mm-hmm. So I live with faith for him to show up in protection. Mm-hmm. I know that there is a risk, mm-hmm. but I don't live in 
fear of the risk. I live in faith of the promise. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's so good. good. And again, when you step out and you do that, you see him show up in those supernatural ways. That's when mm-hmm. you get to see the miracles mm-hmm. because yeah. you're putting yourself in a position to receive the miracles yeah. and to mm-hmm. contain them and be a part of that miracle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think part of with living missionally is we're actually getting to encounter God's love as we let it flow through us to love others. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's just nothing better than love. Love is yeah. the best thing out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you feel the heart of God for somebody, yep. it sets you on fire. Mm-hmm. Like when I look at my kids that I get to work with, and the reason I wouldn't trade that job for the world, and it, this was like my plan D job, mm-hmm. and it ends up being my ultimate plan A, I wouldn't mm-hmm. trade a thing, is because I get to walk in full love when I'm there. Like when yeah. I show up to my job, the Holy Spirit overtakes me with supernatural love. And I'm like ablaze with his love for mm-hmm. his children. And it's like the best feeling on earth. And you act out of this crazy compassion that you yeah. see people with his eyes. To me, like honestly, as we're talking, I was thinking, I was like, I think my favorite thing in the entire world is catching the heart of the father for somebody. 100%. Like yeah. when I look at someone and yeah. he gives me his eyes, his eyes for them yeah. and his There's heart for them. like nothing that makes there me cry more. There is nothing yeah. better. I was actually thinking, I think the first time I ever encountered that feeling was we were in the UK talking about being uncomfortable on a mission trip. And uh-huh. if y'all know me, I'm not a crier. I'm not a crier in public mm-hmm. for sure. And I've struggled a lot with performance. And uh-huh. so I've struggled with when I'm on stage or even just being a people I want to seem put together. And I remember we were upstage. I think it was the first, the first night and I was leading worship and we had an opportunity to just kind of encourage people and give like a word from God to people on stage. I know you're looking at me because uh-huh. you remember this moment. Uh-huh. But I look out in the room and I see this guy, this kid, really. He was like a high schooler and I didn't know him. And God just like downloaded his thoughts and his heart for this kid. And I saw this picture of him having a picnic with Jesus mm-hmm. and then sitting there. And I got to the mic to tell him and I lost my ever-loving mind. Yeah. Like I was weeping <laughs> weeping on the mic and this. i could not pull uh-huh. it together like i but it was like this tension because i so desperately wanted him to understand what i was saying yeah. like how insanely loved he was like, yeah. i'm crying right now talking about it yeah but i could not articulate or put words to the love mm-hmm. i was feeling from the like, yeah. i just wanted to like jump off the stage and like yes. wrap him in hugs and kisses yes. and, like yeah i it just it was unreal the amount yeah. of love i felt mm-hmm. from the father to this person and it was so mm-hmm uncomfortable and wild and like made me look like a fool Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't have traded it for the world because i was wrecked by the love of god absolutely Mm -hmm. and i like what i love so much about that is oh you're getting me going now (laughs) so one of my favorite passages in scripture is second corinthians 5 and second corinthians 5 everybody knows it because it talks like we're a new creation and stuff Mm -hmm. but what it says in there is it says that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation and -hmm. right after that it goes to tell us what the ministry of reconciliation is and it is no longer counting men's trespasses against them Mm -hmm. and so that means we actually have to have a lens shift where we no longer view people for the things in their past, for the things they've done, for the things that you may currently see, mm-hmm. but you no longer get to count that against them if we're going to operate in the ministry of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. But it says we no longer, like we once viewed Jesus through the lens of the world. We no longer regard him in this way. We now, uh, we don't have him from a worldly point of view. And so we actually have to have a perspective change. And that's it right there. Like when you can see it through the eyes of the father. And I think here's the thing is, I think most people, and I don't think they would realize this, I think most people are petrified of the Father. 
Mm. Because what happens is we've got this trinity, right? We've got Mm -hmm. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And um, without we do this unknowingly. It's like the subconscious thing, but we tend to separate God's character and we say, God, the father is the angry one from the old Testament. Uh, God, the son is the kind one who died for my sins and loved me. And the Holy spirit is like the weird one. We don't really understand. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's so true. So, Holy spirit is like the weird yeah. uncle that you're like, you're kind of cool, but yeah. kind of creepy. Yeah. You might show up. You might yeah. not. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. And so <laughs> we've dissected his character, but the thing is we can't do that. He's actually perfectly in unity with himself. Mm. So he's consistent among himself. And, what what we need to do is we actually need to start seeing the Father rightly too, and we've unknowingly rewritten John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. What most people think is that because Jesus died, the Father loves me, but it's actually because the Father loved that He sent Jesus. That's so and they good. They don't see the initiation of the Father's heart in it, mm-hmm. and so it's not like He was like this riled up, I hate you. And Jesus all of a sudden is like suppressing him. Like, no, 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 like don't Mm -hmm, hate them. mm -hmm, You know, it's mm -hmm. actually Jesus is representing the the father's heart. Like, and that's Hebrews. It says Mm -hmm. that Jesus was an exact representation of the father. Like that's, and that just blows my mind. And so when you can actually see the father and how obsessed he is with you, mm-hmm. you're like, all right, Lord, I'm obsessed with you right back. Yeah. You know? And so it and is, obsessed with my yeah. brothers and sisters. Like I want them right. to know. Right. And so I and think it is, the key. seen them for like who, not for who, like not for what they've done yeah. or like seen those things, but it is, it's like seeing them for who God is calling them right. to be. Yep. And so I think the key is like, sometimes people are like, I wish I could be more missional or I wish I could be more like this or more like that. The key is always seeing God rightly first because because he first loved, we love. He chose and then we choose. It's always he initiates it all. And so when we can see his initiation of something, we're then welcomed into doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so I can't actually by my own natural like self love somebody Mm -hmm. with godly love until Mm -hmm. I have experienced godly love, until I've seen how he loves. You know what I mean? And so it all comes like... See him rightly, and when you see him rightly, you start seeing the world rightly, and you start acting in accordance. And I, like, literally, I live with this. It's It frustrates me sometimes. I have to, like, almost turn it off because I look around and I'm like, that doesn't look like heaven, and that grieves me. It's not mm. that I'm mad at it. Mm-hmm. It's not like, that doesn't look like heaven. It's got to change. No. Mm. It's like, oh, my gosh. I can't like, wait until I this looks like heaven. I would mm-hmm. love to see that anxious situation look like be it. full of yeah. peace. And I would love to see laughter fill this room instead of grief, you mm. know? And so I just, I if we could understand, uh, again... If we could understand what God is like, I think we always um, like fantasize about heaven, but not necessarily again about the father. But the thing is, um, the kingdom is only as good as its king. Like who sets a precedent for a kingdom? Mm -hmm. The The king king, does. And so like the kingdom is good because the king is good. The kingdom is full of peace because the king is a peaceful king. Like he sets the precedent for him. And again, so when we see the king rightly, then we can know the kingdom and then we can actually make the kingdom manifest. so good. And so it's all again about knowing him, letting him know you. And when you step into that, then you're like, all right, let's spread this. That's so good. good. Guys, I hope that y'all are as blessed by this as we were. And I, I love this right now, this moment, because again, this is what we wanted with this podcast. Like we wanted to be able to just kind of, 
put a megaphone to like our friends that we love that we feel like have something to say like a revelation from god and mateo is definitely oh, one of those people for sure so mateo we typically give a challenge yeah, to our listeners I was just gonna say can this. you give a challenge like what, what is your challenge yeah, what's your challenge to our listeners this to our week? bbs yeah to our bbs what would you say what would you say to someone who either they may not be able to go on like a full out like cross-country mission trip or maybe they can like whatever it looks like for them like how can they be a missionary where they are or like stepping boldly yeah what would you say to that holy spirit what would i say (laughs) all right um i would say two things okay Six a second to elaborate. Okay. Um, so when I first got saved, the very first message I remember hearing after I got saved was this uh, pastor who spoke on faith. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you did an honest assessment of your life right now, how much of your life requires faith? Mm-hmm. And how much have you just set your life up as a sure thing, as a secure thing, where mm-hmm. if God didn't show up, it really wouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's something that happens when you take an honest look at your life mm-hmm. and be like, actually my life would be okay if God did not show up, you know, and it's a confronting thing. But so all of a sudden, if you're like, okay, 100% of my life looks secure right now, what would it look like for me to give the Lord 1% and just celebrate the baby steps in it? Mm -hmm. And so right now, I like my finances are good. What would it look like for me to trust him a little bit in that? Mm -hmm. And I would honestly, I love one of my favorite things to encourage people to do is ask the Holy Spirit, how you can partner in trusting him more. Mm -hmm. And so we tend to work in like extremes, you know, like Mm -hmm. we've got the whole like diet starts tomorrow mentality Mm -hmm. of like, I'm going to binge today and then I'm going to go hard on the diet tomorrow. (laughs) Wait till Monday. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Kale for every meal. (laughs) Exactly. Rather than like celebrating baby steps. Uh And so I think my encouragement would be one, like assess your life and say like, honestly, does it look like I'm trusting the Lord for anything? If it does, amazing. If it doesn't, Ask the Lord, how could I maybe start implementing faith into my life a little bit? And then um, ask him for like four literal baby steps, the small things, and then celebrate your baby steps along the way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I think you, like you look at Gwen mm-hmm. and when Gwen first started walking, like she wasn't a good walker, right? right? <laughs> like, but it was an actual baby step. <laughs> right. But you delighted in it, right? Yeah, and yeah. so the thing is the father delights in our baby steps, mm-hmm. but we tend to not like be appreciative until of ourselves until we like run the until 5k and do yeah. it you know what I mean and so when I can say all right uh it would look it would be a huge step of faith for me to literally just say hi to a stranger in public mm-hmm. say hi to a stranger in public and then celebrate like and when you get in your car be like I did it I stepped out of my comfort zone and I, I said hi that. That's a really good thing. It's such, I it's those that. little things, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the next time, like, okay, I'm going to do it again. And then that doesn't become so scary anymore. Yeah. And then the next time you're like, I'm going to say, hi, how are you? And I'm going to initiate a little conversation. Mm-hmm. And when you can, those are baby steps mm-hmm. that then help break stuff down little by little. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you become the person who's carrying on a conversation with the person on like the cashier line, you know? And mm-hmm. so I think if you can just ask the Lord little things like that, mm-hmm. all right, Lord, I can't, it freaks me out to go abroad right now. Mm-hmm. How? What's something I could maybe do in my neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a clothing drive. Okay, maybe I'll... And you know, you start mm-hmm. with the little things and you let that thing work like an open, like a crack in the door. So I think my challenge to you would be ask the Lord if your life is requiring faith and mm-hmm. if not, ask him how you can have it require faith. Mm-hmm. That's so and good. ask for just the little baby steps. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to mean mm-hmm. you sell everything and move to a different country, but 
ask them for baby steps and then just implement the baby steps. I love that. And that reminds me of this, just like a little tidbit that I remember. I don't know if anyone, have you guys heard of Ann Voskamp? Yes. She's incredible. So I heard her speak at a conference like early 2018 and she said something that resonated with me and that just reminded me of it when you were saying to like celebrate baby steps and she said, get closer to what you fear and you lose that fear. And it's, like, it's so true. It's, like, the closer you get of, mm-hmm. like, celebrating, like, those little moments, like, it just, like, everything you're afraid of just disappears. You're, like, what was I fearing this whole time? Yeah. And it's, like, it's so true. Like, that just reminded me when you were saying to celebrate those little moments. So that's, like, a great encouragement. Yes. To leave you guys with. It Mateo, is. thank you so much for thank being on the podcast. And also, guys, we're not going to leave you totally hanging. If you have questions for us of how you can go on a mission trip, if you're looking for opportunities to give yep. locally or globally, like we mm-hmm. – Amanda and I both are connected with incredible missionaries. Mm-hmm. Mateo as well wants yep. to help. Like, so if even if you have a specific country, I guarantee you we can have somebody yeah, that can connect the you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if that's if God, if you've been listening to this and your heart is burning, typically you yeah. know Holy Spirit speaking. If you're like yeah. hearts racing, or if you just feel this, I'm coming alive. Like this was for me. Mm-hmm. Reach out. DMS. Take this moment right now. Don't DMS. wait till tomorrow. DM us. Yeah. DM us. Slide, yeah, into, DM us. Slide, slide into our slide DM, right sister, DM. right now. Yes. So wrong on my lips. <laughs> Maybe don't sign to Mateo's DMs, although he is yeah. single, so maybe do. I, I don't know. You know we'll what? see. Let's so take a moment and talk so, about yeah. that, shall we? All right. So part two of this podcast will be uh, finding Mateo a wife. Here we go. If you're wondering what I look Speed like, dating with Mateo. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a great Let's, beard, y'all. He's crushing he it. It grows uh-huh. so fast, and he too. sings like a little angel. Yeah. A manly angel. A manly angel. You seem yeah. like a man angel. Thank you. A I man bear like a, angel. You are a man A man bear angel. angel. So that's how you could describe me. Like, picture if you put flannel on a bear. Like, don't picture a lumberjack. That is. You're a it's flannel bear. It's not enough. Like, lumberjack does not go far enough. Put a flannel on a bear and then, like, give him just maybe a little swag. Can uh-huh. I get a little swag? Oh, yeah. yeah. A little swag. Okay. You great. get a little swag. Like, throw yeah. the Apple Watch on him. Yes. Yeah. Give him a cool <laughs> give him a cool Track hat for sure. Yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. Totally. And then that's Mateo. <laughs> and then that's Matete. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. well guys, we <laughs> hope you love On this that note, as much as we did. I'm Cammy. I'm Amanda. We're basically basic. And we know you are too. Be blessed. And be basic. <laughs>